Hey everyone, welcome back. This is Fernando de Cunha, aka the Mortgage Maverick. I'm signing on to present you with a wonderful episode 18. Today's episode is actually something extremely useful, I think, for not only um, anyone who's listening on the consumer side, but also the professional side. Um, I feel like every episode is kind of like that, but. Uh, today a little more applicable because we are talking about the 10 questions to ask your mortgage lender before choosing one. And um, obviously I'm in the industry where commission pays my bills. Um, I work off of my reputation, my experience, my ability to execute and close uh, you know, deals on time and consistently. Um, so I think it's important for any client to know how to interview the professional they're going to work with. And this is really, this is industry wide, whether it's in real estate, um, I should say, you know, as a consumer, you should do this really with any industry, not just uh, in the real estate industry per se, but you know, it's important to educate yourself before you create a relationship with anyone, um, in life, especially nowadays where we have, you know, so many scams and spam callers and people trying to sell stuff that may not be real per se. Um, but today we're going to focus on 10 questions that uh, you should ask your mortgage lender before you choose one. Um, it's very popular in shopping different lenders when you're either buying or even refinancing a home or choosing maybe a home equity line for your existing home um, to access some equity from the property. Um, so let's kick it off. So uh, the first question that I would recommend is which type of loan is best for you? This sounds really simple and that's why I'm leading off with this, but it's actually quite intricate. And what I mean by that is, is that um, when you contact a mortgage lender, you're going to give them attributes of your purchase or refinance. And they're going to ask you a few questions. They're going to ask you, you know, where do you currently live? What type of property is it? Um, what's the occupancy of the home? Are you living there as a second home, as an investment property? Um, you know, if you're buying a home, how much money are you putting down? How much do you owe if you currently have a mortgage? Um, things of that nature, okay? They're going to ask you a, essentially a profile, okay, to figure out what type of rate and uh, loan product is available to you. Now, if you go back to previous episodes, um, I don't have them off the top of my head of what number it was, but I, I go through loan products. I go through conventional loans in comparison to veteran loans or Federal Housing Administration loans, FHA loans. Um, I've discussed low down payment, high down payment, all that stuff, right? So you could you could go back into the podcast and listen to that great, uh, that great info. But in regards to what loan is best for you, the reason why this is an important question is because it's going to show you what the lending limits are for the specific bank or broker that you're speaking with. And what I mean by that is, let's say you're looking to put a low down payment and you say, I want to put as little money down as possible because it is going to be just a regular conversation. You know, it's this is not robotic where you contact someone and, and there's a right or wrong answer. It depends on your finances, right? Well, that lender is going to report back to you and actually give you some type of options um, and what I really hate about what lenders do is they're trying to sell you something. And what I mean by that is, is that every lender is constrained to a certain box when it comes to the products they offer. Um, so I've said it in a few episodes. I work for one of the nation's largest lenders. Um, we have constraints. You know, we, we lend in certain aspects. We have certain minimums as far as credit scores. And I've said that throughout the podcast. 
Um, and the reason why I think this is an important question to lead off with is because you, you don't want to necessarily just speak with one person. And I tell clients this that are recommended to me by referral partners. You know, it's not a bad thing to shop around. And typically what what I see as far as feedback is, you know, clients will come back to me and they'll say, you quoted me a rate of this. I got a rate of this from XYZ, you know, mortgage. Is there something you could do to match the rate, potentially beat it, what have you? And there is an opportunity there. So I, number one, I want to retain the business and I do want them to have uh, obviously the most attractive deal possible because I'm not compensated on, on your interest rate or on their interest rate. Um, but I think it also shows the experience when someone speaks with me and compares me to another lender, the communication that I offer. Um, and I think what's good for the consumer is uncovering really what the best fit, uh, the best loan for the best fit of their type of purchase or refinance they're trying to obtain or achieve. Um, so that's definitely the first question to lead off with. Second question, which I think is always important, is what's the interest rate and what is the annual percentage rate, the APR? Um, there's really not much fluff to this. You know, you just want to know where the rates are, um, what the APR is, which I've spoken about in the past as well, so I'm not going to go too in-depth, but the APR in comparison to the interest rate will show you the margin of closing costs they're, they're offering you. And what I mean by that is, if someone's offering a rate of, let's say, you know, 3.5%, but their APR is 4.5%, you could see that they're building in a large amount of closing costs, which may include discount points. And discount points, if you've, once again, listened to other episodes, uh, are prepaid finance charges, aka additional closing costs you pay to lower your rate. Now, this is extremely important when comparing lenders. You know, you may get a higher rate from... Um, let's say one lender, but their APR is lower because they're not charging you as much closing costs, and they be able to they may be able to match that lower rate from another competitor, but they would have to charge you the same amount of fees. So just be aware that it's um, it's important to look at the interest rate and APR because that's going to still allow you to kind of uncover what the best fit for you as far as the person from the lender. Um, and what I mean by that is is the transparency, right? So. When I quote a client, I usually quote a rate without discount points, without any fees, on top of whatever the standard fees are in their state. Um, I think this is a lot more transparent because I get to give them a rate, say this is where the market is. If you want to buy down your rate, you could do that. But I think you know rates are fairly low right now, and why pay the extra money if you know if it's not going to benefit you? But I go through that with them. Um, so that's extremely important for question number two to ask. Um, the third question kind of goes hand in hand with, uh, you know, what type of loan is best for the client. Um, so, you know, the third question is how much of a down payment is required. And that will really uncover what type of loan products are available because, you know, FHA loans uh, will go down to 3.5%. Some lenders have conventional loans, including the company I work for, that goes down to 3% for a conventional loan. Um, and, you know, a lot of other lenders will say the lowest conventional loan down payment is 5%. And that's something you want to uncover, especially if you're not looking to put that traditional, I don't, I don't even want to use the term traditional 20% down because a lot of people don't put 20% down nowadays. People don't put 20% down uh, on buying a property, even if they have the money to put down because money is so cheap. Why do it? 
you know, take that extra money and invest it. Get a higher return on your money. Talk with a financial advisor. I've said this in the past too. And I just recently had someone on my interview profiles, um, it was actually my wife, who mentioned about being your own banker and taking any additional funds, getting, getting a higher rate of return on your money uh, invested and paying, you know, the lender that you're getting your mortgage um, less of a an interest rate and, and pocketing that margin, that margin difference. Um, the fourth question uh, goes hand in hand when I mentioned about the interest rate and annual percentage rate. What are the discount points and what are the origination fees? This is important because lenders are required nationally to give you an idea of what the total cost, co- I'm sorry, closing costs are, the total closing costs for your loan, um, your transaction. But the thing is, is that you know, the total closing cost doesn't necessarily mean that's what the lender is charging you. And a lot of consumers don't know that. You know, I've had clients contact me and they're comparing myself with another lender and they'll say, well, your fees are this and the other lenders, you know, $1,000 less. And then I go through it with them and I and I just mentioned, well, you know, we may be disclosing a, you know, an overestimate of fees to you. You know, if you don't need a survey on the property, you know, showing the meets and bounds of the home, then that will knock off $850. Maybe you don't need, you know, um, this specific type of title insurance, or maybe I overestimated homeowner's insurance. You know, all of that stuff is your total closing costs. But when you ask specifically, when a rate is quoted to you, what are the points that I'm paying for the specific rate? And how much do you charge as a lender? What's your underwriting and processing fee? Do you have a rate lock fee? Um, that or an application fee. Those types of questions will really uncover uh, what that specific lender you're speaking with is charging you. Okay, and that goes hand in hand with question number five. Okay, question five is basically what are the total costs? What are you anticipating my total out of pocket is? I call that your cash to close. Okay, and cash to close will include your down payment. You know your closing costs, your escrow, uh, meaning like your taxes and insurance. I've gone through all of this before, um, you know, in previous episodes. So uh, definitely check them out if you want a little more granular take on this stuff. But those two questions, I think, are hand in hand in that regard. It's really important to find out um, when you're comparing lenders what those total costs are and are they overestimated. So every lender that I've worked with in my career, um, which is only three throughout the nine, eight, nine years I've been doing this, um, it's, you know, they've always take, taken a conservative approach when it comes to offering uh, like total cash to close to a client. And I actually like that. I prefer to say to a client, you know, your, your cash to close is X, but it may be overestimated by a thousand or $2,000 because that's, that's got to protect the client. I've seen a lot of lenders and brokers where, you know, they mention a number and then all of a sudden the client's short to close at closing, and that is the most stressful point where you're, you know, uh, two, three, four days out from closing and the lender calls you and says, hey, by the way, you know, we got taxes that are due on the property and they're slightly higher than we anticipated. Um, Or, you know, there was a survey done that we didn't anticipate in the beginning. The numbers changed. Now you need to get a gift from a family member or we got to wait until you get another paycheck uh, to close. It's really poor service. Um, it, it ruins the experience, you know, people get flustered, you have stuff on a moving truck or, you know, what have you, whatever the situation may be. And it all goes South quick. Okay. So it's important to have that conversation and uncover the transparency there. Um, question six, can, 
can you get a loan rate lock? Can you lock the rate on your loan? So this some this sounds really simple, and a lot of consumers don't realize this, but not every not every lender locks your loan when you originate a loan with them. When you ap- apply for a mortgage with a company, not every lender locks the rate. And even though that may sound ridiculous, if you if you have never heard of this, a, a loan rate lock, but what it means is is whenever I speak with a client. Our standard rate lock period is 60 days. So what that means is when someone calls me, let's say it's on a Thursday and they say, hey, Fernando, you know, I'm John Smith. I got your name from so-and-so and I'm looking to buy a house. What are your rates today? Because that's usually how the conversation starts. What are your rates? What are your closing costs, right? Because that's what's important um, in some aspects. I think what's more important is the experience and education of the people that you're working with and communication, but that's my point of view. The client's point of view is, What's it going to cost me to get a, a mortgage every month? And what's what, what's my total cost at closing, right? Um, the rate lock is usually overlooked per se in a sense where, you know, consumers don't understand what it means to lock a rate. Um, locking a rate basically means you're saving the rate sheet for that time and day for you to not only get qualified through the process of getting your mortgage, but also post-closing when your loan is actually active, okay? You close on your property, now you have a mortgage, that's the rate that you're getting, okay? Um, some people will say, well, what if the rate goes down? You have options to lower your rate during the process, even if you're locked. That's a separate conversation um, because there's fees and stuff that are associated with that that sometimes can be absorbed, sometimes can't. Um, but as far as the rate lock itself, a lot of lenders don't even lock the rate. Um, I've seen brokers that I've interviewed you know, when I was managing where I would say to them, you know, I, I see your rates are considerably higher than like big banks, um, stuff like that. How do you have that conversation with a client regarding the rate and like locking the rate? And I've received responses where they just say, I really don't discuss rate with them. I give them an initial rate quote um, and I just kind of let it roll, you know? And the thing that's scary about that is the consumer doesn't know that they're not locked, <laughs> you know? And what that means is, is that the rate is constantly moving up and down daily, potentially even multiple times during the day. And uh, until you get to closing, the closing costs can change. Because if you believe your rate is, let's say, 4% and the market goes up to 4.5%, but that mortgage person has your paperwork at 4%, there may be applicable fees now, you know, to buy down the rate from 45 to 4 um, So the rate lock uh, conversation is extremely um, it, it's extremely important because it could be detrimental to how much money you spend at closing if you don't. Okay. Um, so check that out. Number seven is, is there a prepayment penalty? Prepayment penalties really aren't existent anymore. Um, but I think what goes hand in hand with prepayment penalties, um, because they aren't allowed in, in most states as of right now, but, uh, what's important is, is to see if the lender actually not only has a prepayment penalty, but if they allow you to do something called a recast on your loan, which basically means um, there's an option with certain lenders and they have minimum amounts in which you have to pay down the loan. And um, if there's a fee involved, there's something to recast. But recasting means if you pay a principal balance payment, so something over your required monthly payment, Let's say it's $5,000 or $10,000, you know, and I'll give you an example. Let's say you get a tax refund and you call up your mortgage person that you currently have your loan with and say, 
Um, hey, Fernando, you know, I got 5000 for my tax refund. I want to lower the balance of my loan by $5,000. You could do that just on your own by paying the extra money if there's no prepayment penalty. And what that will do is it will save you time and interest on your mortgage because you've prepaid it. Um, if you do something called a recast, what that will do is not only save you time and interest on your mortgage, but it will also allow you to lower your monthly payment based on the new lower balance after you make that extra principal payment. So this is really a good option for clients that have, you know, bonuses throughout the year. Um, if they come into money for, let's say, an inheritance, um, tax refunds, they are selling a home after they've bought their new home and they have the net proceeds from that old home, the recast feature is very powerful because it allows you to control your overhead just by paying extra towards your mortgage, which you may do anyway. You know, So that's something that you want to look into. The lender I work for, the great thing I love about them, and I've won tons of deals by, by introducing this to consumers because a lot of people don't know this is available. Um, the lender I work for does not have a minimum for the amount that you ha actually have to put into the loan like a minimum balance payment, and there's no fee to recast, and you could do it an unlimited amount of times, which is great. So a lot of my clients in the high value area, um, you know, the high net clients that have like quarterly um, quarterly bonuses, stuff like that, they love this because, you know, they may be getting a large loan on a luxury property, but they want that flexibility to not only prepay, but also lower their monthly overhead. But even some of my clients who get a hundred or $200,000 loan, it goes back to what I said about the tax refund. Okay, you know, you may come into a three, four, five thousand dollar tax refund and be able to put it towards the balance of your loan um, and lower your monthly payment moving forward as well. So it's a really nice option in that regard. Check that out and see if they have that prepayment penalty and the recast feature. Um, rounding out at number eight is: uh, Are there lender equipped? Is the lender actually equipped to approve loans in house? Um, this is something that, that consumers don't look at either, but it's really important, especially for my my uh, realtors, attorneys, and any other business partner that may be listening to this. Um, what that means is, 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 is the lender actually able to process, underwrite, close, all of that stuff in, in-house. And some lenders aren't. Some lenders actually have third-party companies that will underwrite and process loans. And the problem with that is, is there's a delay, right? Because, you know, if they're not technologically advanced in, in you know, underwriting and processing, and they're still working with, um, you know, actual paper, like, you know, hard copy files, they have to FedEx these files back and forth. And that's the way it was back in the day, you know, years ago. Um, when I say years ago, I'm talking like maybe five years ago, so not that long ago. Um, but the technology now allows everything to be done simultaneously in most lenders, um, meaning, you know, I could hop out of a file, a processor could jump in, the processor could jump out, the underwriter could go in, you know, once everything is cleared to close, everyone's involved, the funder, the closer, everyone sees everything simultaneously. Um, that's going to make for a smoother transaction. So definitely ask if the lender is equipped to approve loans in-house and even more so if you're looking to obtain a veteran's. Uh, veteran affairs loan, the VA loan or an FHA loan, uh, because those government loans are regulated in a different sense. And some lenders just don't have in-house uh, underwriters that are that are certified high enough to do those types of loans. So that's an important question. Um, how much time do you need to actually get me closed? Really great, great question. I'm located in New York. I'm licensed in 48 states. 
New York is one of the slowest states in getting deals closed. I'll give you an example. I have a deal right now that's literally from April. It is December, and we are closing probably in a week or two, but it has been going on since April. There were title issues. She, the client was actually done within three weeks. So I had her finances and everything taken care of within about three weeks. Title came back, major issues on the property, permits open, all this stuff. We're now going on seven months. Um, clients frazzled. And to be honest with you, I've essentially been a therapist for six, seven months, which I'm okay with, but you know, it's, it's a time consuming process. But the question that you want to pose towards your lender is how much time do you need to review my file, get the appraisal done, you know, um, have everything reviewed pending maybe the title report. Cause that comes from the outside parties, like an attorney or a settlement agent. And that's provided to the lender. The lender doesn't order that on a purchase. They do order that on a refinance. Um, but how much time do you need? And a secondary question to this kind of like a sub question is what's the difference between purchase timing and refinance timing. So, you know, if you're doing a refinance, the timing is typically longer than if you're buying a home because there is more there there is more um, responsibility and more deadlines when you're when you're doing a purchase, right? So you have two parties involved, the buyer seller, you know, uh, one person may be selling to buy, you may be selling to buy, you know, so there's a, a bunch of different attributes and factors that come into play. When you're refinancing, you already own the home, you may just be refinancing to get some cash out, or maybe you're trying to lower the term or the rate on the property. Um, lenders know this, they don't back burner those files, they don't put them to the bottom of the pile. But they know that you're already in the home and that other people are buying and they have to pack and do all this stuff. So they 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 set precedence and, and put priority on the purchase loans over refinances. So just be aware of that. You know, ask ask the questions. I'm refinancing. How long do you think it will take? Um, I'm buying. How long do you think it will take in that sense? You know, and there should be two separate answers from the lender in that regard. Um, and then the last question, which I was actually so I scour the Internet before I come up with these topics um, this last question I found really interesting because this, this was something that was not around for the majority of my, my uh, career as far as a question to a lender. But the question is, do you guarantee on-time closings? Now this, I, I'm not even joking, this just happens to be um, convenient for me because I work at a lender that does guarantee on-time closings and they'll actually pay you if you don't close on time, they'll give you compensation for that. Um, no, no, you know, no if ands, or buts, no frills, but it has to be the, the, um, basically an error on the lender's part. So, you know, on-time closings basically means everyone got everything done involved in the transaction, except for the lender. So title was in, the appraisal was done, all that stuff was done. Every other professional outside of the lender performed, did what they needed to do and their diligence to make sure that, you know, the client closed on time and the lender dropped the ball. Um, the guarantee on time closings is important strictly because there's more accountability from the lender. Okay. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, they're not going to sell you a bill of goods and not back it up because they know there's money involved and they'll lose money if they don't put their money where their mouth is. Okay. Um, I worked at another large lender for the majority of my career, um, <clears throat> and to be honest with you, they had the type of attitude that basically was like, you know, we didn't close, they're going to close in a few days, it kind of is what it is, 
And, um, you know, some clients understand that, um, other clients don't. And to be honest with you, as someone who works off a commission and really relies on the relationships of clients, it was really a terrible conversation for me to have with clients. You know, like, hey, listen, I know you're trying to close tomorrow, but we can't close until next week. Um, and it's it just really puts a damper on everything. It ruins the experience, as I mentioned earlier. So um, definitely see if they have on time, uh, guaranteed on time closings. Um, obviously, you're not limited to the 10 questions I just posed, but I think they give you a good understanding and a good outline of what the lender can provide to you. And if they're a good fit for you and your purchase or refinance, um, <clears throat> I appreciate you listening. Um, as I always mention at the end of every episode, I'll help you with your first, next, and last home. Please stay tuned for some other great topics in the near future, as well as a great interview that I'm doing um, a video interview with one of the top agents in Manhattan on Ryan Serhant, the star of Bravo's Million Dollar Listing, um, one of his condo agents that does all the new construction condo listings. She has currently about a half billion under her um, under her portfolio uh, that she handles. So I'll be doing that interview and posting it on social media soon. Um, please share, like provide any feedback. Really appreciate it. Thank you for being a loyal listener. Have a great day. Talk soon.